Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles, and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terry Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Duncan Mackay. Hello. And Joel Sked. Hello. Joel has uh, graciously stepped in at the last minute after uh, Craig Telfer, the flaky fuck that he is, <laughs> called off sick. So um, so thank you, Joel, for that. I, f- I feel I'd making up to do after pulling out on Sunday, after it was a good on Saturday that I'd be on in the Monday show. Yes, you have. You've redeemed yourself quite quickly. Yeah, that's, that's good. It's, it normally takes me a lot more time to redeem myself or I don't redeem myself at all <laughs> usually later well, can you usually safely say that Craig G. Telfer will not know what the, the body he's just received no, he's, no, he's admitted he does not listen to podcasts no, that he's not on no, I never listens to it yeah. never listens to it and every time he's on a Patreon he always asks us for the Patreon details <laughs> every time just you don't have to sign up just fucking keep the details in your phone or something <laughs> oh, stiff body and he's received this is good Right, let's get into it. I thought you were actually quite um, light on Should I go harder? Same I mean, I think the, moment, the moment's passed The moment's now, passed. But, yeah. Scotland. World beaters, eh? No. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was just reading our press. So Not one it. bit. It was Albania and fucking Israel. <laughs> yeah, um, I was actually going to go with the kind of positives for the games first, but let's, let, let's just go with that. Should the the latest result change any sort of opinion about, or the last two results change any sort of opinion about McLeish and the management team in general? Peter Grant and James McFadden are still in the management team, so <laughs> no. No, I, I don't have confidence in this in this management team. 
I don't think they were... For example, looking at it, the so we've got Finland. If all things play out, then it'll be Finland in the playoff semi-final and then either Serbia or Norway. That'll likely change just the way that the, the whole system's mm-hmm, being yeah. developed, the Euro 2020 qualifiers. But you look at Norway and Serbia, I don't think... Th- th- these are countries that Scotland should and can beat, but I don't think they would be. The against against Israel, Israel are all right. Scotland are all right, but they should probably be better than all right. Against Israel, I just thought there were still weaknesses there. There was a lot to be positive about. Don't don't get me wrong, and I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to uh, a lot of those positives. But in terms of organisation, the, the people said about the four two three one, and yeah it probably does suit the, suit the players be- better especially with Fraser and Forrest who are in form, uh, in form and they are, are, are confident you see what they can bring to the team and how dangerous they can be and how difficult they can make it for the opposition the midfield balance is still something I worry about and I'm not sure the I'm not I'm not sure the personnel is there but I'm not sure McLeish is the right person to sort it the again, this this is something that's easily sorted. I don't play Callum Parson at right back, but there's been a, there was a lot of space. Israel got a lot of space between the lines. It's, it's still quite strange as well that Parson was the only right back in the squad, and he's not been a right back for oh, nearly back. two years. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think uh, international football, you're looking to have a manager who can make you greater than the sum of your parts, and I think this current squad, he's kind of. Cottoned on to a system, but I'm not. It kind of doesn't feel like it, it was deliberate. If you know what I mean, like the, his, his hand was slightly forced. He said, but he, he said that of the team that played against. But also like, the, played, the team that played. Sorry. Oh yeah, but also the thing with cliche is that the difficulty is, I just don't believe. Say, not believe a single word he says, but I just. He doesn't lose confidence. He doesn't lose confidence. I think there's a lot of meanings. I feel like he's stumbled into into the job, and I think he's stumbled into this team selection and this formation. How we're going to play? I, I, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't inspire me with confidence. The, the main thing is he's not the most. He's, he's not the biggest bumbling idiot at, his, at the Scottish FA. That's that goes down to Alan McRae, and no matter who's in that position, it's always going to be Alan, Alan McRae. <laughs> going back to McLeish after the Albania game, he said that. He said that that was the exact team he was going to play except for two players, which is not the exact team. Which which had alarm bells ring for me because it was uh, so Patterson. So I'm guessing it was Patterson yeah. and Bates probably. Patterson and Bates, but Christie as well. I thought no. probably me more McGinn than McGinn than Christie. You can make an argument for Christie because how well he's been playing yeah. Celtic, but I didn't. I didn't think he would be. Uh, he would be the, the automatic star. That's a that's a, a fair. No, I, I think that there's a, there's enough considering Christie's recent form and the fact that he worked he would work so well with McGregor and Armstrong because he's a Celtic player and obviously Armstrong only left this summer. That I'm I'm willing to give McLeish the benefit of the doubt on that one. Um, if there was maybe other players in the squad like that were missing and he'd said that I would say no I don't believe you but I think I think that's fair enough but I still think that, that team's better than. And what they showed. Obviously, we'll get we'll get to the positives, and then, the, like you say, there was some. But the first twenty minutes were really poor. Um, it looked Israel looked dangerous every time they went forward with the ball. Uh, I think we were quite fortunate in the game as well that Israel didn't seem to realise that their plan to victimise Callum Patterson in the first twenty minutes 
could have worked for the entire game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they kind of went away from it, and I'm not entirely sure why. Mc- McLeish talked about, after the game, he mentioned that they wanted to get the full-backs pushed higher up against against the wing-backs, both full-backs. And I'm, I'm thinking he's saying both full-backs, just to spare, um, kind of, spare kind of criticising Patterson on his own because I don't mm-hmm. think there's a problem with Robertson uh, so he, he said he kind of moved the midfield so there was um, there was a bit more bit more protection I, I watched it I watched the game on, on Tuesday night while watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia uh, that's how great <laughs> I was about the game so then reading some of the aftermath uh, it got me thinking I'm not sure I've seen the uh, so listen to McLeish and reading some of the takes I was like I think I might have watched a different match. So I rewatched it on Wednesday and again, uh, well, rewatched bits of it on Wednesday and today. Oh, that was the exact same uh, match I watched. I couldn't see the I couldn't see the change that McLeish made to um, to protect Patterson more. I just I just think that it was it was one of those where Scotland grew confidence on the ball rather yeah. than anything that, that they changed shape wise to, to to stop Israel. It was more what they did uh, what they did themselves. Patterson. It's like he's forgotten how to play, forgotten how to play right back. His body positioning on one on ones was uh, was atrocious. His I forgot this was something that I it did annoy me when he was at Hearts, but I completely forgot about it. When someone goes past him, he doesn't he doesn't sprint back. He just jogs. He just jogs. It's like there's there's people uh, bombing on past him. Like Callum McGregor made up about fifteen yards on him. Not just his body position, his actual position as well. On some of oh, the Israel yeah. counter-attacks, he was so central, it was ridiculous. And David Bates kept having to go out to like the right-back position to go and make a tackle or make a challenge to somebody where he should have been. And it happened so many times in, in that opening period. And then the last... I mean, the Israel goal comes out of nothing. I'm not going to hammer McLeish too much for that because people could say he, may, he maybe could have made the subs a wee bit quicker, but they still looked fairly comfortable, Scotland, and it didn't really look like Israel were going to get back into but, it. I thought bringing on Shinny was fine, but it was the... Then after that, I think Scotland were shaken a little bit by it. You could see that their confidence dropped a bit. The team dropped back to defend a bit more, but then they started to get a bit of a handle on it. Fletcher was doing brilliantly at that stage of the game. He was in that... That kind of like 10 minute period He was Scotland's best player By a mile mm-hmm. So then he takes him off So right oh yeah, Which is fair enough Because I think he probably was knackered Well maybe he was knackered But he wasn't showing signs of being no, knackered no. He was still doing his job very very well And he's he's. I know he's older now But he's yeah, a long And he's still an out ball like Yes And uh, I'm sure he can last 90 minutes yeah. So he does that and I'm thinking, right, it's maybe not the worst thing. I'll put Phillips up there. Phillips is another one who can, not to this, anywhere near the same extent as Fletcher, but he can kind of occupy the defenders, keep them busy, take the ball for a run in the corners, whatever. Uh, and then almost immediately, Israel have that great chance. And I noticed on the replay that playing everybody onside was Matt Phillips. Yeah. He was at right yeah. midfield. So what? Why is he at right midfield? And James Forrest is up front. Like, I know he scored three goals, but he's not a forward. It's, being a forward has been more than scoring goals James Forrest clearly had no idea how to fucking play there in that six minute spell or whatever it was he was standing up I don't for. know Forrest has played centrally for for Celtic and you can see we're going to, I want to go on and speak to, uh, about Forrest in uh, more depth that he is a better player now playing in uh, central areas but yeah that lone striker role is, is not for him no, especially no. when you've got uh, Matt Phillips who is, who's bigger who's played there before uh, it's, it's sort of, it just feeds back into the organisation he talked about the uh, the, the second goal I thought both goals were really poor defensively just because if they had time they had time and space at the edge of the box to shoot, mm-hmm. to shoot. Uh, McLeish came out afterwards and said that 
you don't see that um, you don't see that many long long range goals going in these days. Like, what? <laughs> what? This is the Scotland manager saying you don't see many long range goals these days. Hibs, 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 yeah. have a, Hibs have a player who scored eight this season. It's it was, it's baffling, but it feeds the, the two goals. Partly feeds into my concerns about the midfield triangle. McGregor. Armstrong and Christie. I thought I really enjoy watching them going forward. When going forward, they're great just because they've got that mixture of kind of creativity, poise, uh, energy as well. The problem is with McGregor; he can play that role really well at Celtic because they've got the, a lot of possession. However, it's against Scotland. You're going to come up against probably better teams, especially where, where Scotland want to get to. And I'm not sure there's that. Um, he has that. Capability to play there as a kind of defensive midfielder. I think we just have to keep playing though, because I don't. No, I, I, yeah, I don't uh, like anybody else. The, the, yeah, that, that's the thing. That's that's what we're saying. Where that where I feel sorry from Cliche is yeah. that there's the personnel there that I don't think uh, that, that can sort that out. Mm-hmm. Right, let's get to the positives now. I wanted to start with this, but oh fuck it, why not? We're usually well, posi- stay on brand. We're usually <laughs> positive about Scottish football, so let's. Uh, everybody else is going well over the top, <laughs> so let's let's stick to our uh, typical contrary position. Before can we get to that, actually, can I just say one thing? Oh, the coverage of the Nations League as uh, some sort of like unknown competition. Voodoo competition. Yeah, voodoo competition that is that, oh, no one was really up for this and stuff like that. I think fans were. I think fans kind of got it. It's mm, some. I, I, dis- okay, some I disagree to an extent because Hamden was half full and I don't think Hamden would have been half full if it was the final game of a group stage qualifier and we just had to win to get uh, in the playoffs. I think Hamden would have been full. Maybe. I don't know. I think I think midweek in November is always going to be a hard one to sell. Uh, but from my like, it, the people that have been paneling their ignorance throughout the whole time have been the people who are paid professionally to talk about and, and write about Scottish football. Was That's this... been really disappointing, I think, for myself. Oh, well, what happens next? It's like, well, everyone can look up what's going to happen next. Like, it's not that, it's not a form of voodoo. It was just annoying, again. I, f- I thought it was quite a s- simple tournament, yeah. No, I still don't understand it. <laughs> when, when, your league, when your league get promoted, Finish bottom, you get relegated. I know, I understand that, but uh, but it's, it's kind of more. I didn't realise until the last week that the playoff was one against one team and one against another team. I yeah. thought it was going to be a two-legged. No, no. So then, then so the Scotland will home advantage. And yeah. I don't. For being good. I still don't quite get the impact it has on the seedings for the European Championship qualifiers. No, the the. What do you mean the seedings? Does it not impact the where teams are? So it impacts of uh, impacts of pot because the four the four group the, the the four winners of the the top league, as in England, off the top of my head, England, Portugal, Switzerland, Netherlands, they have to go in their own pot because they have to be in a five team group uh, in the Euro twenty twenty qualifiers, right? So, to, so they can fit in the, the finals uh, to see who wins the Nations League. The, Is there anything extra for winning the Nations League? A trophy. I've it's, it's played in Portugal. Right. So, uh, so, so no, <laughs> so it's, competi- no. it's competitive matches, and then it's to, 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 then the latter stages of the competition is non-competitive matches. I mean, it's, it's, you're winning, you're winning a trophy, so it's basically carrying cup or a tournoi. So I, get, I, get, I, get, I think I think my point stands. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the one uh, before we got the positives, the one <laughs> um, the one aspect I'm confused about is that, for example, if this is this is quite confusing, uh, so bear with me that if all 
like the teams in the top two top two leagues, they all qualify for the Euros. Mm-hmm. So then they don't have to go through the the playoff bit, and then mm-hmm. or maybe say fourteen teams, and who goes up from the League Three, League C to compete to get that playoff spot. And then the, f- the, f- the whole thing will then, if that's the tiebreaker, the whole thing will be decided by all- sack races on alternate Sundays. I'll get that. I think that's from basketball. That was a really stupid film. Fun though. Anyway. Yeah, positive. So let's, positive. Let's, let's James Forrest. Oh, I word. By the way, this is another overreaction talking about this. Everybody like, oh, James Forrest should be the first name down in the Scotland sheet. The fact that he was left out for X, Y, and Z is absolutely ridiculous. And Strachan didn't, you know, blah, 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 McLeish hasn't been playing him. And it's, this is like, this past week is... Revisionism. Uh, Revisionist history. This past week is undoubtedly the fucking absolute best James Forrest has ever appeared in the Scotland shirt by an absolute mile. It's not like he's had four caps and he's been. You know, it's yeah. like he's a player that's been left. He's like he's he's racked up a fair it's amount of caps. Six or something. Twenty-six caps and largely has been ineffective. Not 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 on his own because he's been playing for Scotland. So amongst a team of ineffectives. But I would I would like to say that. I uh, of this parish I think I've been the most positive about James Forrest over the years I know some I've been quite positive about him at times at times I always say he's a useful weapon to have even if he's final even back when he's final ball days I said I used to say that he terrifies defenders and that can if you terrify a full back that can kind of weaken the structure of an entire defence because then the centre half has to look after the full back and then he gets space through the The only problem is that when he gets into areas where he terrifies the full backs he too gets terrified of what to do next Yeah well he's he's much better now but years ago the full backs shouldn't have been terrified just (laughs) let him go because he wasn't going to cross it to anybody So I I push for him if it was Scotland playing wing backs I push for him to be the wing back because he's kind of played that Yeah um, And he's very good defensively He's, yeah. not, he's not big Which I think is the only reason You maybe wouldn't play him At wing back Because he can't really Mark the back post And if you're Scotland as opposed to Celtic You're probably going to have to Do that a bit more But otherwise yeah He's a very good One on one defender the, the only thing I'll say Is that people now Are like right It has to be Forrest and Fraser That's not correct cause if, That's correct If Scotland are playing next week But the next game's March A lot can happen Between, yeah. between now and March However Ryan Fraser will probably injured as well. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's got that kind of curse. James Forrest, I um, I think first season under Rodgers, he was still guilty of kind of running in straight lines. I think that's that's what he was like under under Lenny when he first broke through. He was really quick and he would take a, take a defender, but then he get into that position and he's cross. He would do the same cross all the time. He wouldn't look up. He would kind of just try and like drill it or so you do two different crosses, drill it or stand up without looking, and it was. It was a lot more, it was like, kind of hit and miss. But now, the last 18 months, I think he's developed massively as a winger. You've seen the positions he's took up to score. He wasn't doing that before, before Rodgers. He's playing, he's getting into scoring positions, but he's also getting into positions between the lines and between the centre-back and full-backs, which, um, so he's... Cause panic. Cause panic, yeah. Like, like Fellow says, like, you'll go into positions where you'll terrify defences and move them around, whereas... Before he would terrify defences with his pace because he was just staying at wide and running, running in straight lines. He's being de- he's being decisive when it matters. Again, that's a massive improvement. He's some of his finishes were were incredible. I don't know if he just got in a sort of frame of mind and uh, but his, his composure, his one touch, touch bang. Yeah, I, I I was massively massively impressed with him and the way he was just he was drifting in his body position when he's taking on players as well. 
his body shape kind of dipping in and dipping out off uh, defenders is has improved also. Yeah. Duncan, I can't really add to that. Okay, no, it was really good. It was really good. It was uh, nice, nice to see someone score a hat trick. We've already kind of spoken about this, but Stephen Fletcher, um, he's mm. silenced some critics. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm, this is that this is this is the main reason I went back and watched it because uh, Craig Anderson I saw his ratings and uh, I, I, I gave Fletcher a nine. I yeah. thought it was wild, <laughs> so that's why that's why I asked him. On it's, it's not like I'm just talking behind his uh, time he's back. I'm talking in his ears, but I've also asked him <laughs> on uh, coming in his ears. <laughs> I've also asked him what, what um, on the on the chats like why his first half was honking. Other than that's header, which was superb. I think, uh, he I was think Craig does make a point that he still occupied the two defenders. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. I don't think he played well in the first half at all. His touch wasn't there whatsoever. It kept bouncing back off him. I think he passed the ball out, uh, out the pitch twice. And he got nine. <laughs> so it's uh, recency bias. Because his second half was so good. The, I think <laughs> second half wasn't amazing. It was, it was good. <laughs> he Again, he, he did really well. I was really impressed with him running in, in behind and again hold, holding the ball up I think he's always done the kind of flick on mm. really well the yeah, header yeah. flick on or bring it down in his chest but I've never really had him as someone who will run the channels or run him behind uh, he held up really well which is impressive however if that was Naismith or Griffith, Griffiths who did that second half you'd give him maybe a seven like you expect that of them I wouldn't expect that of Griffiths <laughs> not that type of play to play to run the channels, he's, he's he's done that he's done that for Celtic, and then people but are saying like he held the ball up a lot as well. Fletcher, he done the kind of things I wouldn't expect Griffiths to be doing. I don't know. I think Griffiths gets a lot of uh, a lot of stick for his for he, his supposed inability. He got to, better at it, but the last year it's completely disappeared at his game again. If he if he gets if he gets back to fitness and plays even semi regularly for Celtic, he should be starting up front. Because people are talking about Fletcher, you've got players up to support him. No, not not in his form. If he's playing every week for Celtic, and he still could have shown the form that he has over the last year. Form, I okay, I wouldn't play him. But I think so. If he's playing to half his level, if he's back to what Lee Griffiths was before, then yeah, we'd you have to play him because, like, people make it as if um, Griffiths is just this one, like a flat track bully. He's got one one trick, but he's not. He's, you see how he's developed at Celtic, and he's played. Now, that's four two three one. He's played that so often for Celtic, behind uh, in front of players like like, George, like Forrest. I know, I know what you're like saying. Because I have uh, previously on this podcast, I praised him for his improvement in that side of his game. But yeah, that has regressed. Seeing him playing Europe for Celtic, oh, dreadful. To be fair, like a few weeks ago, I, um, I'm sure I made a flippant comment that Griffiths was finished. <laughs> <laughs> Start another game. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fletcher. Fletcher was good. Six out of ten. Seven out of ten. <laughs> Duncan, you got something nice up to say about Fletcher? I know I was quite, I was impressed. I think Fletcher's. It's all. I don't know. Like it's way, way reek of positivity. I know. I know. I, it doesn't sit comfortably for me to be massively positive about the national team. I think Fletcher Fletcher's never been as bad or as good as people have said. You, know, it was that thing when he when he wasn't playing under Levine. Yeah, he was this world beater. He, he was a saviour that wasn't getting yeah, the game and, of uh, yeah, and then he gets the that he was part of that Sunderland. Uh, I don't know what you call it, like a, just a, a black hole sort of thing, and a, a total mess. And he's been a black cat's fill in a black yeah, hole. Yeah, that's why you work in newspapers. Um, <laughs> that's why I'm the mediocre, mediocre bucks. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, 
the, the, the thing about Fletcher was that I think there was people had such low expectation of yeah, coming into yeah. this, this double header. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's I don't I'm not sure. Well, I suppose that there's an element of ignorance because I don't think many people in Scotland watch the championship as well, and that's there's an element of just oh, well, we don't know really what he's doing and. And and Sheffield Wednesday seems like an unglamorous club. I know that sounds bad, yeah, but, but yeah, um, it's like to, just to go back to what Joel was saying. There, it's like when you go to see a film and you think, "Oh, it's going to be rubbish," and it's yeah. actually quite good. Yeah. Uh, but, but, then, but, but other times you go, "Oh, it's going to be good," and you're like, eh. "For the first time, I expect game night, game night with um, it's Jason Bateman." Decent, yeah. yeah I, I went and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be uh, this is going to be pish." But Rachel McAdams was in it, so I went and seen it. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was good. Watched it a second time. That's probably why I really liked Outlocking, because I thought this is probably going to be crap. And the reviews weren't that great. And I was like, yeah. I went into uh, it with thinking this was going to be somewhat fair. People from like, my high school were like, rating it like 10 out of 10. I'm like, I'm not sure what you think about movies. <laughs> Again, that's wild. I would give it 6. Like, it's like, you know, like Scotland. And I was like, oh, this is going to be crap. But I actually really enjoyed it, so. There you go. Uh, Just the movie movie review for you. Uh, cheers, be- cheers, Barry Norman. Before we move on, I do... Barry Norman! <laughs> Alright, Dad. <laughs> Before we do move on, as I feel I have been probably a bit too negative uh, so far, uh, Bates. Uh, but McKenna, I thought we just had, had, had a very McKenna game, but Bates basically played two positions, as we mentioned earlier on about Patterson. Bates looked better than Grant Hanley has ever in his Scotland career. Yeah. It was so impressive, the fact he had to cover so much. He was he was dominant, he was assured. There was only one moment where... He did he, have, a, he did he, have a, he, a David Bates moment. Robertson passed him a ball, and it wasn't a great ball. He, ideally, you just want your centre-back to open his body there and play out to the full-back. But I think when the full-back was Patterson, then you understand why he <laughs> took a touch. Uh, so, yeah, I think, again, it's, that's more... I wouldn't start as going forward, but there's, uh, but there's, there's promise there, isn't yeah. there? Like, it's, it's not, like I think that's where you want to be. Is you want to be at a place where we have depth and uh, and and they're not too worried. I think that's yeah. there was one uh, one other positive thing in this. It was just a small moment, but I think this. Oh fuck! It, I'll go over the top. I think this changed the game in Scotland's favour, which is when we were struggling early on, and Stuart Armstrong. Took the ball from like, past near it. the halfway line and like blazed, uh, like I said, blazed past about three of them, and then all of a sudden that got the the crowd yeah. up, yeah. that got confidence back in the players, and I was like, that's why he starts Stuart Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I, I completely agree. That's that's one where I rewind, uh, I'm sorry, rewound it to watch again just because just loved it. That's like this Stuart Armstrong that we've seen uh, play off the left hand side with Dundee United and that acceleration he brought to Celtic, what Celtic have certainly missed mm-hmm. since since he's left. The uh, I, I really did like. A lot of going forward, the energy in that team. So, yeah. for example, Fraser and Christie, I didn't think they were Christie's pass for the goal. Like, yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think they were fantastic, but they came up with moments like they got you excited. They did. Oh, they yes. did. That's thing. Even though, even these are two players. Even if they're having an off day, because they're buzzing about so much, trying to be positive, that you think, oh, they're, they're having a good, they're having a good game. They could do something. The the the, the second goal, I just I thought was probably. My favourite Scotland goal over the, the, the two games, just because it was kind of route one-ish, but it was it was there was there was nice to it. Like Fletcher, the way he won it, the way Christie not only read what was happening, but also his desire to get onto to get onto the to get onto the pat head. So they flick on and then find uh, find Forrest. Right, let's move on um, to the Sky Sports. To the, to the Sky Sports That's a great introduction um, Scottish football has a, Has many new TV deals uh, Actually uh, Four In total Five Five 
BBC Sky, two Premier Sports. And Alba. And Alba, Alba, yeah. Although you could say BBC, Alba is yeah. BBC, but... Aye, but they've kind of advertised as two different... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've got, like, separate budgets and stuff. Uh, so. they do, I yeah, think, yeah, 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 they do. Right, so, basically, Sky Sports have taken over exclusive rights from Scottish football, which will begin in 2020. It will run for five seasons. Don't know the exact figures yet. It is being reported as around about... See, I've seen different things. The Daily Record think it's around about 30 million. BBC think it's around about 26 million. And there's 30 odd million per year as part of the overall package of all the things we've sold. So, Stephen, so Stephen McGowan said 136. Stephen McGowan for the Daily Mail said Sky Sports have agreed to pay 160 million over five years. Yeah, so, he, so that's the, the, 48 games a season. So, the Mail and the Record have it as Sky paying that. Uh, the BBC have it as that 160 million is everything. Well, they would say that because that, they're involved in that, but. So it be is in their income to say that they're in. They would they would want to pick up their role. In it. I know, but then but they could just inf- inf- inflate the much. figures. But actually, yeah. Chris McLaughlin said in an article that Sky One was believed to be about twenty six. Right. So, um, so I, I, I would I would go see because he seems pretty close to people involved in the decision making process. Okay, right. Um, so yeah, Sky have it for whatever figure. Um, Premier Sports will take over the Betfred Cup from BBC, B, BBC, BT Sport in 2020 for five years. Uh, BBC of... And Premier Sport uh, have the Scottish Cup. Of, uh, yeah, that, that already happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, BBC have kind of renewed their pilots packages and their radio coverage, uh, I think, five years as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then highlights until 2025, so yeah, it runs with. And they've got, so I've got a year. BBC, BBC they're also going to live coverage of 20 SPFL Championship games in the next two seasons. Yeah, yeah, that was already part of the. That, that was already a deal been that some, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and Alba will continue to show uh, games on a Saturday night, and they will also. Show live games. Show from, live games from the playoff finals, and I think that's about it. So, what do we think of it all? Uh, in a way, I'm delighted because it means I can patch BT because uh, that's one thing I, one thing I pay for, and I keep meaning to phone them up and try and get a better deal. But thirty five quid a month, fuck. I've got BT and I don't have Sky, so this is not good for me. I'm gonna have to, and I really like BT's uh, Infinity Broadband. It's great. I never have any broadband problems at all. It's fast as fuck. So it means you're going to have to. Um Either, either, either keep that and pay through the nose for BC broadband and Sky, or hope that Sky's broadband is better than the next couple of years. Or leech off my, uh, my, Sky, my Sky Sports ID. <laughs> That's what I do now. <laughs> As I continue to leech off. <laughs> there, there has to be a bit of realism to the, some of the fallout. No, 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 Joel. No, I know, I know we're talking about Scottish football, so realism doesn't come into it. But, uh, so sorry, I was leaning a bit too close. Some of the, some of the takes were uh, again wild, yeah. It's, it, was, it was one of those where you, you just kind of sit back and, and laugh at, at, what, at what people are tweeting, how, well, people angry were, or how people are getting angry. I mean, people were pissing and moaning last week about there being too many providers out there. So this week... In turn, one of the providers goes, "Oh no, not not that provider. The provider I really like." It's like and BT BT Sport people who work there valued at massively. Can, yeah. You can tell that in the way they did. People above them certainly did not, because I think they they offered less than the current less they, than the current one. Yeah, so they lower than the current twenty one million pound a year deal. I mean, That's it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they revived Jock Steen and had them as part of their coverage, and uh, like all whistles and bells. It doesn't matter. The money was really money is really important to, uh, to Scottish clubs. 
Like, I, they can't go, oh, the, the coverage is really nice. I like uh, Chris Sutton and Stephen Craig and, uh, tackling each other before the BT, uh, BT programme starts. Yeah, let's, not let's, worth let's have else. that before money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One thing BT Sport have done has shown, they've shown over the last few years, and they'll continue to do so over the next 18 months, what Sky need to do. Yeah. What level Sky need yeah. to reach up because... Yeah. And it's easy enough for Sky to just go... Yeah, oh, they'll really like that. Let's bring in all the people. And well, I mean, I mean, Sky's coverage of the the Premier League in England is better than BT's coverage of the Premier League in England. I yeah. would say, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so it's not like it's not it's not a case that they don't they're not capable of showing football how it should be done. If you know what I mean, but so it's just it's just a case of where there's a will, there's a way. There's an and issue is that within um, within uh, Scottish football. Um, maybe I would say outside the tennis podcast that they've got people who um, actually I'm not going to go down that road because I'm going to say something absolutely wild and it's, that would have been worse than anything that you've seen on Twitter in the last three weeks <laughs> looking forward to off air <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean Sky Sports when you look at the offer they've they've increased What's, what Scotland are getting yeah. in a time where the broadcast rights across the board are in a state of flux they, you always have to remember how much they're paying per game I think they're, they're paying more per game for Scottish football than they are for the English football league rights yeah. and this was another thing that get, gets bandied about oh but the Norway deal is worth yeah. so many that's because they show all the games every yeah. single game yeah. is on and, TV yeah. and that's, and that's, there, was two th- there was two things that really fucked me off throughout this entire thing if I actually blanked on one of them I'm just desperately trying to remember it but the other one was People moaning that we lost twelve games. Yeah, it's mental. It's absolutely mental. It's like the same people that complain about kickoff times. Yes, good. <laughs> Go to the fucking game. It's so weird. That's, what, so that's what we always say. We, like we should do more for fans, and we should encourage fans to go to games. And you shouldn't sell it to TV companies. And it's like, oh, well, we've, we've negotiated, so now we've, instead of sixty games a season, it's forty-eight. Right. Oh, that's ridiculous. What? Why you not want to televise every game? Oh, because you've literally just complained about that. So we've got a deal where we've got more money for less fixtures. That seems to me like a good scenario. It seems, it seems decent and I, I know this is, it's not like we're shilling for, for Sky Sports or shilling for the SPL or SPFL in this, like, but an element of realism needs to come into this. Part of the issue is that we need to, there was not a serious discussion had about what they actually wanted from this. And I think it was clear they wanted, they wanted money. But at the same time, Scottish football is different to most other leagues in the world where the main, uh, main income from most clubs is still the case. Mm-hmm. So, they don't, so this idea that oh, we could say, oh, if, if they put on the table every single game can be televised, then you do, there would be an impact on gates. There's no doubt about it. You've seen that, and, and you've seen that already with the championship this season. Uh, the midweek games are now all televised, like yeah, you yeah. press on the red button, and that's had a huge impact on attendances already. So at, at a rate that probably doesn't make up the amount of extra money they've got from it, it probably will from 2020 when the, or 20 or next year when their new deal kicks in. But so the, the SPFL were probably in a really difficult position of having of, of all these things that they need to take into account, and I think they've done okay. Like we we just don't know in a, in a secondary market like Scotland, which it, which it is, we're not we're not the Bundesliga, we're not the, the EPL. I think we did okay. Like we, you can talk about, oh, we didn't go to Facebook or the, like you had those discussions by by all accounts. But at the same time, you can't force Facebook to bid on. You're right. Yeah. You can't force that. that like you can literally we should, only take. We should, have, we should have got fifty million a season from who? 
Nobody was offering it. Yeah. Nobody's offering it. You can't demand oh, but it. They can, but they can pay uh, Alan Shearer three million a year. It's like, that's nothing to do with anything. That has nothing to do with anything. If I, if I sell my house like next year and like people are coming to look at it, say right, I'll, I'll offer you two hundred thousand. I'm like, no, nah, I want three hundred thousand. No, nobody's <laughs> going to pay that. <laughs> yeah, you can only pay what the market dictates and, and I think it's a bit disappointing from my perspective the only thing that's, that I've seen from the deal that makes me really annoyed a little um, we've not seen any of the details about what it means for like social media and stuff like that which will be interesting to see because you know there's, there's leagues doing some really interesting stuff around that MLS even the Northern Irish League you can watch goals pretty much a minute after they've gone in so we don't we don't know the details of that I think I'm still disappointed that the They've not uh, taken away the four, four, lim- four yeah. limit on Ibrox and Celtic Park. I think that's quite disappointing. Yeah, that's because, like, you Because there's the other games, like the game Ibrox early in the season against Hearts. That's, 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 that's something that's, worth complaining about. Yeah. Nobody's complaining about I know, it's spread. <laughs> the, the one thing, uh, I remember the other thing that fucked me off at all, was that people saying, like, <laughs> people acting like BT Sport really, really cared about every single club. Now, the guys doing it were very knowledgeable yeah. about these teams. But I don't believe that BT themselves and the people who pick the games really wanted... If BT had gone to the sky, there's no fucking danger. It'd be like, right, the old firm are gonna, only going to be on like eight times each a season and that's it. And we'll, we'll co- put so much coverage to other teams. Because guess what? Nobody watches those games. Any old firm game is going to get you something like 80, 100,000 people watching the game. Nobody's going to be watching Dundee against Hamilton instead. Yeah. Like, like, and, and, and people are forgetting that BT had the second choice of fixtures as yes. well. So, so that was, so they, that they was why to, they like, got those games. Yeah, and, and I get that. And, like, and had they got the fucking exclusive contract, guess what? They would have shown Rangers set like away from home every single fucking week. And, and, I, but I, BT reacted to the, reacted well to the hand that was given them with uh, yeah, the yeah. But They it, made the most of what they had, and I, you can say the Sky have not done that. Again, but that can be improved yeah, it through, can, it can be. But through whatever expectations and spec you put out in the market. That's what, what well, pay, we'll never get to see what they expect. In terms of pre-post-match coverage, it stands to reason if they're paying more for it, they will put more money into yeah. the coverage. Because I think that has to be un- uh, understood. We, we we do give Sky Sports a bit of a kick in on this and on Good. Twitter, exactly. Uh, yeah, just because they keep making mistakes, they still do- they're still doing it. They're still doing it. <laughs> I'll be said that Scotland uh, Scotland yeah, be in a three-two. No, people in their gra- people in their graphics department need to be like the team from um, Clockwork Orange when they're just like forced to watch like Scottish football logos and names <laughs> and players and stuff. But it's am- it's incredible. So that was announced on Tuesday night, was it Monday, Monday, Monday night? Monday, Monday night. So we got we're down three days on. The, the the amount of revisionism is absolutely incredible because you did you would have made the thing that the BT never made a single step wrong. Well, they were the ones that advertised last year's uh, League Cup semi-finals with the big fuck off. Rangers Celtic. Again, they they reacted to that well with, with the because uh, they did again they did a skip yeah. before the game. Oh yeah, they, they did. No, they reacted well, but they still yeah. made exactly the same mistakes that Sky did. And Sky don't react to it. React to it well. But yeah. And I would say, well, they don't when you have a pop anyway, that's what, but, uh, <laughs> the, uh, but as if, as if, um, the, and this is what will happen, that the, the BT sport coverage is going to be beatified and can't say anything bad about them. There's still the company that puts Terry Butcher and Kevin Thompson on Colcoms. Like, there's still, it's not, it's not permanent. Yeah, also, also, three men in a booth doesn't work in football. No, I, I I agree with those. I think uh, thankfully Terry Butcher's uh, just I think been put. Oh, well, he put was on Sportsland last night, been interviewed. Yeah, I skipped past that. I don't want to Stevie listen. Stevie G, you um, <sighs> you you'd imagine it's Sky will up their um, up the kind of staff because I think yeah. that it has to be understood that uh, 
Sky Sports, the, the, the Scottish team, again, tiny. They're, they're yeah, tiny. tiny. They're, they're big. They're, they're a game they of massive lot, Scottish uh, fans. They do a lot, but they can only do so much with what's given them I don't think they they, they put the graphics out there they don't tell the graphics no, they, no, they won't make a cut of that sorry make a cut of that we swear on this no no I, I, the, the C word I'm always yeah. quite just but it's the thing yeah is that the, 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 guy, the guys that are doing that are not the ones at Sky Sports News like no. Sky, Sky Sports News should be seen as but you do hope that they'll bring better fresher talent to you'd the coverage, ex- you would. Ex- it's, it's been for too long. It's been, um, it's been plodding. It's been clunky. It's been cringeworthy. Some of the coverage, Chris Commons and Chris Boyd. That SPF for matters. It's a good idea. The interviews they do, uh, I really enjoy them. But when they do the like the previews or like the links, oh, it sends shivers down my. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't watch it. It's it's, it's more cringeworthy than uh, like David Brent or Michael Scott in the office. Being a TV presenter is quite hard. You can't oh, just bring two fucking. Know. Players in and throw them in, especially when I'm not even fucking retired. <laughs> Just like go be TV presenters. No, doesn't work. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. But again, they are. The, the, again, they're on the kind of right lines with that. But it just yeah, needs, it just it, it needs finesse. Yeah. That's like, yeah. Right, uh, we've only got about seven minutes left, so I don't know if we've got time for both of these, but we'll go with the first one, uh, and then we might just leave the feature. For, for enough time yes, we'll, see yeah, we, yeah. we'll see if we get on because we had to do a deep dive on one team in the lower leagues it's going to be Stenhouse Muir but Craig's not here but we're also going to do Dundee United so I think we will do Dundee United because they've won five of the last six games uh, the other one being a draw uh, and that is since Robbie Nielsen's came in so Robbie is it just a case Robbie. of Robbie Nielsen being a good manager yeah well he's a better manager than Shabalazzo <laughs> I do want to do want to talk about Nielsen because uh, he's fantastic when when he left for MK Dons, it was it was probably the right right time because there was a bit of animosity uh, at Tyne Castle. There, there was just this there was just this uh, this feeling there that wasn't going to improve, and uh, Hearts fans are idiots. The <laughs> I, I think fascist idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think he wanted to. I think to begin with at MK Dons, he he was enjoying what he was doing. However, however, I think budgets started being cut. Well. Um, his, his it, what he had to do what wasn't being wasn't being recognised in terms of it, his budget. So they were still wanting him to uh, take them up to back up to the championship. Yeah, yeah. But he was having his, his budgets. His he wouldn't be the first Scottish manager to have been lied to basically about what he, he was also going to be taking on at a club. Didn't help on. himself with his signing policy, did he? Yeah. No, you can't go down there and s- s- sign majority of Scottish Premier League. Yeah, it never works out. Does it? No, it doesn't. Yeah, I think the only one that's did it half decently recently is Derek Adams and he's he's taken a lot of shit down there <laughs> like Jake Jervis and I mean you know Kerry was alright there was a couple others that were just uh, Kerry was really good for him yeah. was really good I don't know if he still is I, I don't possess to know anything no, it's, so, so I think he was he's admitted himself he wanted the opportunity uh, to go somewhere that he could that has got a training ground that he could feel he could build something mm. um, Dundee United's been that place so I think he was still I heard this on another podcast. I think he was still being paid by MK Dons um, until he got a, until he got a new new job, basically. So he didn't want to rush into anything. And he basically said that he contact. He was waiting on the Dundee United job. He had his eyes on it, and as soon as Laszlo was sacked, he contacted uh, Mike Martin. Mike Martin, yeah, and said, uh, "Give me the job." He's, <laughs> he's only 38 year old, and I was listening to the Football Italia podcast, and James Horncastle was talking about in Italy managers. 
you, you don't become a true manager until you're sacked. Whereas we have the mentality in Scotland where if you're sacked, uh, you just if you're sacked once, then warning bells. If you're sacked twice, you're a very bad manager. Yeah. However, in Italy, you're expected to fail more than once before you fl- flourish. It, it's it's only really even at lower levels as yeah, well. So, so, so you, you can go down. Be well, that's what sacked, I was going yeah. to say. In Scotland, it's only really lower levels where that's accepted. It's like Dick Campbell's well, been sacked yeah, from. Yeah, no, whereas in, where in Scotland, you get sacked, you have to go further down to get jobs as yeah, yeah. come back up. And it, it's, it's not a nice cycle in Scotland. Yeah. Whereas, for example, I looked at a few man- Italian managers Antonio Conte's first four clubs Arezzo, Bari, Atlanta, Siena, and then you got Juventus job. Uh, massive Miliano Allegri. Aglianese, Spal, Cresetto, Sassuolo, and then he had to go to Calgary and become the best manager, one of the best managers in their history to get the AC Milan job. Maurizio Sarri, before you got the Napoli job, had 17 teams. Between, uh, between 2006 and 2009, he was manager of five different teams. So it, it just shows you that, the, that in, in certain cultures where you're allowed, allowed to make mistakes... We're allowed to fail. Uh, yeah, and fail and learn from it. Nielsen said he'd learn more from Enki Dons than at heart so I think he is a better manager now and would Dundee United have probably made the best appointment in Scottish football this season I wonder if the the culture in Scotland may change over time to be something more like that because if, if, you're, you're starting to see now that we're no longer kind of the fans anyway aren't no longer accepting this oh you need to give managers time you need to give them time because they don't in Italy there's a lot of changeover if yeah. somebody's crap for 10 games having just come in the board will typically just be like, "No, you're rubbish as well." Get rid but of I, I think that's because the difference will be a direct football is in charge of recruitment, whereas in Scotland, the manager is still responsible for recruitment. And you see Falkirk, for example, an example of what happens when you give the, the transfer policy full scale over to the manager. But, then you've got no coming back. Yeah. Like you know, so you kind of let people who look like they're going to fail stay even longer because you're like, well, "Shit." We've we spent all our fucking money on these Jamie Vardy rejects. Like, well, no, I was, I was St. Marin. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's too wed. <laughs> like, the the, the, the transfer policy is too wed to the manager. Yeah, yeah. And which is Robbie, it's Nielsen's actually spoke yeah, out. Nielsen doesn't want to work. He doesn't want to buy his own players, does he? Really? He wants, he wants as soon as he went down to MK Dons, he was like, I really need, I really want a director of football. Because yeah. he was having to take pick up loads of jobs that he hadn't had to do. Mm-hmm. And had, had to do at Hearts. But yeah, I think you make a very good point about Ellie. The, the, the fact that you don't get enough time uh, there, so I think they've, they've actually. I don't know what the free, um, the Italian phrase is, um, but it translates as manager eater. That's what like a lot of the. Um, well, because you, well, you can have managers that are that are on guarding leave and come back into certain jobs. Yeah. They get back into the same job later in the season. Like Valdis Ivanovskis. Like like Valdis, yeah, see Hearts ahead of their Aye. time. He was he was ill. Yes, <laughs> so he was. <laughs> um. Yeah, so they won in midweek. Um, that was the like I said, the fifth one, one, one out of six. Down as well. Yeah, they were one 0 down. Uh, fans pretty much saying definitely their worst, worst performance, performance under Nielsen, but they still won four two. That sounded very familiar. Not playing well, scoring a lot of goals. But fans not that happy with the performance. I was like, that's, that's Nielsen. That's Nielsen all over. No, that, it's, I don't think it's Nielsen all over because you go back to that championship no style, no bottle. You go back to that championship season. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the Premiership year, year and a half. Okay, Nielsen. That was kind of Matt, yeah. It was, like, it was weird because you were thinking this isn't that great, but it was like we've, we've scored like three goals. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. But in terms of the, the championship season. I think he has trying to replicate what he did at Hearts in their championship season and play from the back, play interesting, nice football, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. I think With Fraser Five, yeah, uh, Fraser Five, and he he said that he's had when he's came in Fraser Five and um, Sam Stanton 
they were back fit. So he's he's played those two in midfield. I think the Alloa game was the only time he had to bring that Christoph Rabic mm-hmm. in. Apparently, he was poor against them um, Alloa, but those two are happy to take the ball from from the defence. And he's seen that at Hearts. They had uh, rather than five in Stanton, it was Magara Gomi Simpuavin. Yeah, it, it worked really well. I think five is the key. Yeah, the key, the, the, the key to United. Yeah, I think most United fans say he's definitely the best player. Um, and one of the best players in the division. Yeah, yeah, I don't. He should be playing Premiership. Really. Well, he would have been if he just signed the contract with Hibs. It was offered to him instead of waiting for reasons nobody can really. He's a strange boy. Uh, he's also getting performances out of the likes of McMullen, Fraser Aird, and remember Edgin Gelly. Remember when he was good, and then he turned yeah. absolutely pish for a while. Well, fans have started saying like he's been playing well again recently. Yeah, so. I, think he's, I think he's been keeping. Frederick Frongs out the team recently because mm-hmm. they, they started when uh, Nielsen came in I think he's preferred so he I'm not going to pronounce uh, the, the Benjamin Seacrest that's the, the goalkeeper and in front of him there was Stuart Murdoch a right back Rachid Bohena who had played defensive midfield under uh, in Lazo's last two games he was moved back that, to centre back again that sounds familiar <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, Frongs and Cal Muth Hmm. But yeah, Edging Gellies came in, knocked him down. Paul Watson as well. He's, he's, he's played centre back, right back, and left back. At and times. he scored. He's, he's popped up with four, a few four goals. goals. Yeah, four that's goals what he scored. scored. They're at home to Air next Friday. That should be a BBC Alba. Oh, that's humdinger. Make some noises. Mm. <laughs> and we'll leave you with that. Those, uh, one last wing is uh, I think it was Pablo Safranco. Yes, he's been very good. Yeah, I've uh, again because it was late before I came on I didn't get to watch uh, highlights but I've heard uh, very good things about him uh, not just uh, I think he's chipped in with a couple of goals not, he doesn't seem to be a very consistent goal scorer but fans are quite impressed with his overall play he's good at linking with players he works very hard and he can play the one man forward role yeah. so I think that's what's I think they moved to a 4-4-2 certainly Nicky Clark came in on uh, during the week he kind of but played when as he, a 10 yeah when he played against them firm, he did drop deeper yeah, I think he came on that game. Yeah, so Savanko, yeah, so I think he's, he's scored seven goals this season. Nicky Clark scored five, but they're, they're spread around. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we're about to do the Terrace Extra, which you can find on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast, where for as little as $2 a month, you get hours and hours of bonus content. So I hope you check that out. Duncan, say goodbye. Goodbye. Joel, say goodbye. Goodbye. And I'm Craig Fowler saying, thank fuck club football's back. Podcast Network. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.